Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. I'm glad you there sounded she is. like you weren't sure. No, I wanted to see if you were alive today. So we are back again for another episode. We're glad that you're joining us. So we want to thank everybody who continues to listen to the podcast. Uh, I know sometimes our topics are all over the place. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, they're on point. Maybe I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a mix between, uh, you know, craziness and everything and making sense. So we're glad that you're with us on the podcast. Again, this is a, um, a messianic based messianic influenced podcast, but is not a messianic podcast. Um, we, you know, we do hold to some messianic beliefs. That's where you're going to find a lot of things that we talk about holidays and um, just things in, in the bi- biblical sense, you know, we look at it from that Hebraic viewpoint, um, but it does tend to drive a lot of what we think about scripture. Um, Perhaps people don't know what that even yeah, means. Yeah, and so they've not listened well, from the beginning. If they have, if you picked it up from here and uh, you don't really know what's going on, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the early episodes where we really explain a lot about the messianic type stuff. Um, one of the main things I think this episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's going to be about preferences. So we're going to talk about preferences um, in the Word of God. We're going to talk about preferences in the Word itself, also preferences in churches and congregations, and preferences in um, beliefs and things like. Like that, so it's very difficult in the um, in the world that you live. One of the things uh, that me and Natasha often comment on are how many churches are in a local given area. Today we um, drove all over um, the north of North Carolina, up near um, Wilkes County. Wilkes County. Right. We were just traveling around. We were looking for some property and different things. We're just driving through. And and it was almost, there was one road we went down that had four different Baptist churches on it, uh, four different churches on this one road. Um, and I, I don't remember all the names, but that was just one road. And so then we drove, you know, we drove around a lot and, and it seems we, we probably passed anywhere from 15, uh, maybe to 20 different churches between our house an hour and a half uh, away. And so we, we passed a lot of different places. And um, the, the main thing I would comment there is it just seems like in America, and I don't know about the rest of the world, I'm, I'm sure it's more limited, um, but in America we have the opportunity to, um, to go where we want to go, right? And so it winds up being really based upon our own preferences, um, and it's interesting, this, this stems out of a question that I had had maybe a week ago. I was thinking about reading the Word of God. Why is it so difficult for Christians to read the Bible? Um, and it seems like a lot of people only want to read the Bible when they want to find something to agree with their position, right? So, Right. I think we were discussing that it's hard for people to, because people sometimes say about the King James Version that it's hard to read and it's just not very user friendly. Well, no, I, I can agree to some degree on that. It's um, I, it's the only Bible I use. Um, I don't um, I don't really use any other Bible. I don't care for any other Bible. I don't want any other Bible to be honest with you. Um, and I grew up on that. And I think it's my preference that I like that translation. I really like the King's English. I like the um, the old language. I like the way it reads. To me, it's more poetic. Um, but I think we were just talking with your mom about why people may struggle with it so much. Yeah. And I, and I think people struggle. So one of the main things um, is is really why don't people why do people not want to read the Bible? Um, and a lot of people who read the Bible say they can't understand it. Um, and honestly, all the these and thou's. Right. Blah, there's blah, a lot blah, of people blah. who say that. Um, but then again, there's also there are more modern tra- translations of the Bible, and people still can't understand that either. Um, and so a lot of people read the Word of God and they're unable to understand what is inside of it. And they read, and you know, and, and it's, and it seems to be for some people, it seemed really complex. Um, 
And I'll pick at the Jehovah's Witnesses again, right? So the Jehovah's Witness organization teaches, um, and this was actually published in the Watchtower magazine back in the early 1900s, but they published that anyone who read the Bible alone would fall into darkness within a period of like three weeks. If you just read the Bible all by itself and you tried to understand it by yourself, you would fall into utter darkness. They said utter darkness. Um, but it said if you read the Bible and the Watchtower publication that you would come to the light. And oh, so okay. basically what they were saying is you're not able... <laughs> No one is, and this is one of the things they continue to teach. Um, Jehovah's Witness do teach that you cannot understand the Bible unless you are taught or led by another Jehovah's Witness or by the Watchtower organization. And I'm not trying to pick on them in so, this. Like we're too simple. Or no. stupid? Well, no. Maybe that's part of it. Um, but it's also that they teach that it's too complicated for you to understand. Oh, right, that you need okay. wiser people and you need an organization um, to, to teach tell you, you what to right? think. And, and, you know, and so a lot of people, maybe you've never heard of them. Maybe you have. Um, just so we could clarify up front, they are not a Christian organization. They may come to your door and say that they are Christians, but they are not. Um, in the sense that they do not believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. That's something they don't believe. They believe his body was evaporated in the tomb and that the angel Michael appeared in the form of Jesus. Um, so the idea that Jesus was raised from the dead by God, which is in the scripture, um, to them, they disagree with that. And that is fundamentally inaccurate. That is... Um, and it, is, it goes against the Word of God. So the Word of God teaches us that God raised Jesus from the dead. This is, this is really when it comes down to preferences, right? Um, so I had the friend, I've mentioned it before, who said he couldn't understand the Word of God. He didn't believe the Bible because the um, Noah's Ark was, uh, it was too hard for him to believe that happened. He couldn't believe that God would put all these animals on the ark. He would flood the earth and kill everyone, and the animals and Noah and his family would survive. That seems ridiculous to me. Um, his other statement was Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That is just too far-fetched. I can't believe that. The reason I can't believe God is because I can't believe Adam and Eve actually existed, right? So many years later, this gentleman comes to the, the Lord. He gets saved. He becomes a Christian. He believes in Jesus Christ. And suddenly, all those things he could not believe were believable. Right, So his preference changed because he understood the one most important key thing about the Word of God and having the Word of God is you have to have the relationship of, with God through Jesus Christ, and you have to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You're not going to believe anything that the Bible says until you get to that point. I mean, there, there are basic laws, right, that people can agree with. Murder's wrong. Um, yeah. Right. I, I think we would say murdering and stealing. Um, those are those are bad things. You shouldn't do that. The Ten Commandments, I think, are easy to understand. absolutely easy we, we to can, agree with because they they fulfill the part of me that is wanting justice. Right. Mm -hmm. So when people who are not Christians, if they're married, say two couple are married, a man and a wife, and the man goes off and cheats on his wife, his wife wants justice immediately because he committed adultery, and in her heart she knows that he cheated on me, and I want justice for that. So people are all fine and dandy when the Bible agrees with their position. When the Bible backs up my viewpoint, the Bible says uh, adultery is wrong. You shouldn't do that. And so now I can agree with that portion of the scripture. But when it comes to anything that is um, uh, miraculous, the supernatural powers of God, the wondrous miracles of the cross, you know, the things that Jesus did when he was alive. You kind of have to have a little bit of faith to right, believe. The things that I can't see. So A.W. Tozer, I posted on Facebook this past week that he wrote an article about this back in I want to say 1966, and he said that the um, the natural man um, believes because he can see, and the spiritual man first has faith 
and then he believes, right? So it's, it's the world around us only believes what they can see, and we tend to believe what we can't see. We believe first and, and have faith in that. Um, and so, you know, it's this, it's this dichotomy between these two positions. And so when people read the Word of God, they have these divisions in their mind and in their heart because they can't get over the very first thing they can't get past, which is Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead. That's the most important thing, right? If you can get that, into your mind and into your heart. And if you can get that part and you can accept that, then there's no problem believing that God put anyone on an ark that, you know, Daniel was in a lion's den and they didn't need him. Um, that, yeah, it's like, what couldn't he do? Absolutely. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a, fur, uh, a furnace that was on fire and, and they didn't get burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's the finished work of the cross that really lends credence to the rest of the Word of God. Because as I said in the last episode, um, if God had not raised Jesus from the dead, then the whole Bible would be irrelevant. None of it would even really matter because it's, it all hinges on God's ability to raise his son from the dead. Because he raised him up, the scripture says he will raise us up also. We have hope in that, um, that he was crucified for our sins and God raised him up. So we get to be raised up in that. The other thing about preferences that I find really interesting is uh, I was talking about this with you um, about uh, YouTube, right? So uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you've got a lot of different choices of podcasts to listen to. Um, but most of us have used uh, YouTube to watch videos for one thing or another. Um, and one of the things that you'll find very interesting, and YouTube knows this, and you're going to know this because you go to when you load it up and the front page comes up, there's always things there that it suggests for you to watch. How do they based, know? Based on your past. There it is. Watch habits. So they, they base what you want what you're watching on what you've already watched before. And so your preference is generally to not choose things that disagree with your position. If you're going on there and you want to choose something about theology or you want to choose something about science or history, as a Christian, I know we're going to tend to find the things that would agree with our position. We're going to look for those people, uh, Living Waters Ministry, Ray Comfort or Ravi Zechariah. Um, we're going to look for um, Coasty Hen and Redeemer Church out of Arizona. We're going to look for these different people who uh, can help us grow in the faith, and we're not really going to look for the Richard Dawkins, you know, the people who are uh, atheists or the people who are against the Word of God because we don't agree with their position. We want things that are going to make us feel good to watch, and so people, that's and and that's what YouTube does. YouTube and Google both so do the same thing. Our ego a little bit. Correct. They gather your information and they come back with you and say, "Oh, here's some more videos you might like." You know, and here's you're some. Like, oh yeah. Oh, let me watch that one. So you wind up going down the rabbit hole of watching all these videos that you weren't going to watch to begin with. So when it comes to the Bible, I think we tend to do the same thing. I think people tend to, uh, Christians and non-Christians alike, um, but mainly geared more toward Christians, we might steer away from things that we don't want to read about. We might steer away from things that don't agree with our lifestyle. Um, that might, you know, the Word of God, um, the Bible says, Scripture itself says it's like a, a two-edged sword, um, and it's dividing asunder, even down to the very marrow of a, who a person is. Um, and so that relationship that we have with God is is working on what you were talking about. Now, Natasha had posted a, a thing on Facebook a week or so ago about weeds in the garden. We have a garden out back, and go ahead and tell that. Oh, I've just been... <laughs> yes. I've been not working this week, so I decided to try to pull the weeds out of our garden because Brad went through and tilled the ground and I should have at the time went back and pulled them out, but I let them kind of sit there and they took root again and then started to grow. And and then the things that we did have growing <clears throat> were starting to be overtaken and it was just driving me a little nutty. So I was just sitting out there and just had my music playing and 
I was just like, you know, this would have just been so much easier if I had gotten rid of these weeds to begin with. And it just reminded me how that it was it was like a light bulb moment that that was like sin like you're like i know i shouldn't uh, watch this or i shouldn't go over here and do this but i'm just i'm just gonna ignore it or i'm not gonna deal with it today i'll deal with it later and then it just grows and it gets bigger and bigger and before you know it it's overtaken the beautiful things that you're trying to do and <clears throat> then it gets to the point where you know, I was trying to take these weeds out from around lettuce, which they were all like intermingled. And a lot of times I could not get the weeds out without pulling the lettuce out as well. Like I just could not separate them. And it was, again, the same thing. Like, I mean, <clears throat> sometimes you have to sacrifice the beautiful things because you didn't take care of it to begin with. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, right. And that's it. Exactly. So that's what I'm talking about the word of God. When we come down to, um, to God's word and he starts to, uh, we start getting into it. Right. And it starts cutting at the sin in your life. But I, but I think, you know, you know, it, it just demonstrated for me where you're outside in nature and this sounds kind of frou-frou-ish or whatever, but you know, I, I would not have been in that situation if I had been, rushing around doing all these different things or, or been in the house, but, you know, being outside and just kind of quiet and just, you know, basically doing some manual labor and it kind of clears your mind actually. And then you just kind of start having these thoughts. And and I feel like that's when God kind of reveals things to you and kind of whispers in the back of your mind. Like, isn't like you're sitting there and he's like, yeah, isn't this kind of like sin? (laughs) You're like, Yes, Jesus, it kind of is. <laughs> right, and but is it? But it's it's very indicative of the way we as believers operate because I think we we know the Word of God to a point, um, and I would I would say um, that maybe the majority. I, I don't even know how much Bible do you think the normal Christian even really knows. How, how would you well, guess? What's the definition of knows? Uh, I, that's a good question because would I feel don't... comfortable talking about. Sure. How much? How many, How much do you think people would feel comfortable just explaining to someone else? I would say maybe 10%. Do you think so? I mean, I, and I don't know. Um, I had, you know, I've had friends for plenty of years who went to church all the time. And I would ask them pointed questions about the scripture. And I would ask something very specific. Well, I think people know the creation story. Right. And they know the Easter, yada, yada. Right. Jesus rising from the dead. And then they know... Um, His Re- birth. Re- they know the birth of Christ. Right, right. And Revelation. I don't even think they know Revelation very well. No, they just be like some bad stuff. No, right, happen. exactly. <laughs> Everything's the end of Christ. Everything's the end of the world. You right. know, I think people know that. But there's a whole lot in between. All there's that. a whole lot in between there, and I think uh, we relegate the Old Testament to uh, being stories. You know, and for the modern church, the current. Um, it's not important. No, it doesn't seem to be that much that, of a big a deal Jew- to us. That's a Jewish thing. Right, and so we we when we push it off to the side like that, we don't give God his full due. We don't give him his full justice because we've separated um, an old from a new. We've kind of set this wall in between the two. But you can't two. separate Jesus from Jew No, because, because that's... He was, he was Jewish himself, so yeah, you can't, you can't really separate that out. Um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of a longer story there. <laughs> but really what we're getting back to is, is really letting the Word of God um, 
you know, come in, let God come in. Say in the situation of you working in the garden, we are the, we're, say we're the, we're the lettuce, right? Um, he's the vine, we're the branch. I mean, you could put it that way. Um, and the, the fruit that grows off of us is because of the vine. It's growing off the branch, but it's because of the vine. And so he's coming in there and he's pruning us and he's trimming those things back. And he's coming into the garden of our life. And he's saying, Hey, I want this to grow in you. I want this, um, this thing of, of understanding the word of God, having a better relationship with me, walking in faith, um, loving others as, as you you love yourself, um, not having anything before me. I want those things to grow in you. And we let those weeds, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I've got too much work. I, I can't, I've got too many kids. I, I don't have enough money. I've got all these different but I'd things. I'd rather be doing this over here. Correct. I've got all these other things in my life, Jesus, um, that I, you know, I just, I love you, but I've got all these things that are kind of getting in the way of As what I'm trying to do. actuality more important. Right. And so the Lord's going to come in and he's going to start trying to prune those things off of you because he's trying to get you to where he wants you to be. And that's going to be painful. Right. But that takes us, and this is the important thing of all this, it takes us putting aside our preferences. Because if we are only willing to do the things that we want to do, we're never going to accomplish a whole lot other than what we want to accomplish. Because a lot of things that God wants us to do um, are outside of our preferences. There's been many a preacher, and I've read I don't know how many stories, and it's, it's almost the same story for a lot of them. Um, they'll say, well, the Lord called me to preach, and I ran. You know, they say, I ran from the Lord for years and I ran down this road and I ran down that road and he did all these things to pull me back to where he wants me to be because it wasn't their preference to go and preach the gospel. Um, it's the story of Jonah and, and, the, and the whale, right? I mean, it wasn't his preference to go to Nineveh. He wanted to go another way. He didn't want to go that way, but God gave him no other alternative to go that way. And it was a difficult situation, right? <laughs> That's a difficult situation. So in that instance, it's more important for us to learn that it's it's, if the Lord wants us to do something, it's best for us to give ourselves to that. Wouldn't it be that case? I mean, it's generally going to be a lot less painful, right? And 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 it's going to go a lot of times. You know, the Bible says this is interesting because a lot of people use this scripture for a lot of different things, but it says God will give you the desires of your heart. And it's very interesting because the desires of our hearts can be from, it varies, it differs from person to person. Um, and it differs based on preferences, the things that we like, the things that we want to do, the things we want to accomplish. And so for most people, those desires tend to be the material. I want the material things. I want the house and the car and the money. And, you know, um, a current generation would say chasing paper. I don't even, it's just a ridiculous phrase, <laughs> but I would say that's what I, I read that this morning. You know, um, somebody said that it's, it's chasing papers and, I'm just like, no, it's, that's not life. Life is not about money. Um, but that's their preference, right? So if you ask that person, what is the desire of your heart? They would say to be rich and to famous and to have everything I want and to not ever be hungry and to not ever be naked, you know, to have all these things. It's, it's this material, um, but when God's talking about giving us the desires of our heart, he's talking about the spiritual things. He's not talking about the, the physical. Uh, I think we so many times, I remember when I was a kid, I told you this I've, I, so many times. I was like, oh, Lord, I want a, a four-wheeler. I'd pray for it because I believe that's ridiculous. But I thought, I thought that's how it worked. I thought, oh, Lord, if I pray for a four-wheeler, you'll give me one. And I never got a four-wheeler. I'm like, what's going on? This is, you know. Now he sits in the front yard and listens to four-wheelers. And they drive like, me crazy. Oh, my gosh, I wish they would stop Right. That. So it's, you know, it's these preferences. And I think we 
have to be able to, as, as Christians and adults, we have to be able to identify the preferences in our lives and understand what is a preference and what is the Word of God. Um, real quickly, I will say, when I was growing up, I was always told that um, some churches don't use pianos. Some churches only use pianos. Some churches have full bands. Some churches only have a guitar. Some churches have lights and, and a show. And some churches only have a pulpit. And some churches have a pew. And some churches have chairs. And, you know, I mean, there's just so many different things between one church and the other. And if you ask a lot of them, they'll say, yeah, you shouldn't do that. No, that God doesn't like an a, a electric but guitar. But just think the first time you walk into a, a new church you've ever been to, what's the first thing you're looking at? You're looking around. You're looking at the setup, the Absolutely. layout. You're, you're, you're setting, around. is it going to match the preference that I have? And this is where I, I got really into like it. You know, that. I've gotten, gotten into it with people before about music because uh, Christian music is a very interesting thing. There's, it's, it's really generally 99% your preference. As long as the, the, the words are theologically sound, I don't care. I don't care about the rest of it. As long as they're speaking the word of God and, they're, and the songs are accurate and they're portraying the Bible in the right way. But that, that, that filters out so much of what is on the radio today. It absolutely does. Christian radio itself. But people don't realize No. No, Christian radio itself is one of the biggest offenders when it comes to uh, correct theology. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, I think... um, who was it? The guy who who sings for Skillet. You remember that guy? A couple of months ago, he got I can, on there. I and, picture his yeah, face. Yeah, I can't his... think of his name off my head. But anyway, uh, I'm not a big fan of theirs. But he uh, he got on the internet and he was saying he was talking about you know biblical truth and accuracy. And he said even you know he said hey even though I know some of our th- songs are not theologically sound. And immediately in my mind, I'm like, well then why are you singing them? If they're not theologically sound, I don't, you know, and this is the thing with Christian music. You don't have to sing everything about God. You can sing about your wife and how you love her. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely I nothing mean, wrong with that. It's a parallel to The love that God gives us for, for each other is incredible. The love God has for us is incredible. So if we sing songs about love, that's fantastic. Um, but there, when it comes to theology and it comes to scripture and it comes to our Savior and it comes to his miracles and the works and the hands of God and the power of God, I think we've got to accurately represent that because we don't want to hand somebody something that uh, is tainted because then it's no good. Um, but even in that, right, you could say, well, that's just a preference of yours. And I would say you're absolutely right. That's a preference I have that I want theologically sound music. Um, and I think that's based on the scripture telling us that we should, we, you know, in the last days, they're not going to abide sound doctrine. People People don't want to hear sound doctrine. Why? Because it cuts at us and it changes who we are. Um, because it cuts at the sin in our life. And it says, you know, sexual immorality is against the word of God. And I don't have to say, I don't have to say what kinds. I don't even have to list. There's a list of sexual immorality in the world today that is running rampant. And it comes from shacking up together to every kind of imaginable sin possible that you could think of. Um, and I don't have to list them. All I have to say is the Bible says sexual immorality is wrong and against the word of God. It's against the very nature of who God is. And that his idea, the creation in the Bible, his idea was marriage between a man and a woman. That's how it was established. Before. Right. It was it was established that way. And if you say that enough, that's enough to cut people and that's enough to upset people. So people don't want to hear biblical truths. What they want are the preferences. They want to go to the scripture that says, um, love thy neighbor as thyself. The, what My favorite is the judge not lest you be judged. The people who are sinning are looking at you saying, judge not lest you be judged. They, they miss the scripture that says uh, judge but in righteousness. But they perceive you just... Stating what's in the Bible as you judging. As me judging, right. And, and, it, and it's it not true. Me, no, John chapter 3 um, goes on to say, uh, past, if you get past verse 16, it goes on to say that uh, we're already condemned. You know, Christ didn't come to condemn the world because the world was already condemned. 
Do you, does everybody need, everybody needs to understand that. The world is already condemned. God has judged us already. He has said we are sinners and we are wicked and we are undone. And we're not worthy. No. And the, and the judgment of God has already been passed upon us. And it's our job to tell other people that there's a way to escape that judgment. There's a way to escape. There's a way to get out of that. There's a way to be reconciled unto the Father. Um, and that's not just, that's not a preference. And so we have to set aside those things that we don't want to hear in order for the Word of God to effectively... But people can't get past you telling me I'm doing something I'm not supposed to. Correct. They can't get, like, and step that's, two. Uh, again, uh, that's a Holy Spirit conviction thing. If you're a believer today and you're having an issue with that, you know, you, you didn't like anything there I said about sexual immorality, that is something you're going to have to deal with, with with God. Now, the last thing I'll say before we close out this episode is, is how, again, we've talked about this and I want to hit it real quick, how do you hear from God? You have to be listening. You have to be quiet. You have to read the Bible. You have to meditate on his word. That's right. So if we pray to God and we ask for an answer, where do we need to find it? In the Bible. In his word. If you're looking for an answer from God about something in your life and you're looking for God to give you direction in your life, I absolutely 100% agree with praying on it. I, I get other people to pray with you, pray for that same circumstance, but you need to be seeking it in his word because that's where you're going to find that answer. And it might not be the yes or no that you're looking for. It might be something else in his word that pops into your heart and he reminds you because many times I've had these things come up where I've, I've been questioning, should I do this or should I do that? And I'm looking for that direct answer of do this or do do that. And then a scripture. Well, that's easy. Right. And then a scripture will, will pop into my mind in my heart that'll remind me of something that was written, the Lord had said. And I'll say, you know what? That's pointing me in this direction. And now I understand why he wants me to do that. So uh, really this episode has been focusing a lot on preferences. It's something we all have. We all do it. Um, I, I, I like the color black and red, that combination. That's my, I like that. I don't know. It's a preference. I, yeah. I, like I know how to get. I, exactly. You know what I like. So. I just got to buy it as long as it's in black and red. <laughs> exactly. He likes that so it life is really a, a even lot our about headphones that we have on right black now and red. are black and that's red. right my car my car is black, <laughs> black and red. red yep so the preferences we all have them and we just have to understand that we need to sometimes uh give each other a little bit of leeway when it comes to preferences because we're not all the same god didn't make us to be the same person um, anyway we hope you enjoyed this episode uh check us out we are going to try and get to acts chapter 17 this week if you've been following us on the study of acts i have been working a lot uh, I've got a lot of work next week, so it's going to be uh, interesting to try and do. But we want to get back to that. Those take a lot of time to study out. Uh, just pray for me and Natasha that uh, we, we find the time to get these things done so we can keep the podcast rolling right along. Um, all glory and praise and honor belong to the Father in heaven, um, and none of it is for us. And we pray that God will continue to bless you and that you will come back again on the next episode. Bye.